Welcome to the Unscripted Podcast. My name is Corby LaCroix, and the song you're hearing right now is called Great and Mighty One, available on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your music. But for now, here's your host and my friend, Aaron Conrad. Great Redeemer, God of Hey everybody, welcome back to my studios, the Unscripted Studios at the Spot Athletics. I'm, this is going to be awesome today. One of my favorite Bible stories, and I, I hate to say that because it's not like Sunday school with the felt board, but one of my favorite scripture stories is uh, the one we're going to talk about today. I'm going to let my guest introduce himself and we'll go from there. So I'm David Helling. I'm the creator of His Only Son. So His Only Son is a feature-length film coming out in theaters across the country and actually in a number of international territories starting March 31st. And it, it, it illustrates and explores the account of Abraham taking Isaac to be sacrificed in his three-day journey to Mount Moriah. So it's a pretty heavy little piece. Let's just start at the beginning. Tell us about you. Where did you get into this? How did you get into everything that you're doing? Let's just start with your story and then we'll get into the film. Well, yeah, so that could be, that could be a feature length conversation on its own. So I, my, well, I mean, my heart as a filmmaker and really goes hand in hand is my, with my testimony as well. So just a little background about me. So I was an am because once and always was a Marine and, uh, and during my time in the Marine Corps, I spent some time in Iraq and it was over there that the Lord really got a hold of my heart. He drew me to his word and started convicting me because I, I, wasn't ever consistently ever reading the Bible and it was convicting me about sin in my life. And, and so I, he drew me to his word and by God's grace, I had my Bible there with me and, and, and I was able to begin reading and I started actually, cause I, I never read consistently in the, on a regular basis. And I thought, well, where should I begin? Cause, and I thought, well, wait a minute. Well, my, my name is David. So I guess I'll begin with the life of David. And then I, so I started in first Samuel, moved on to second Samuel and cross-referencing back and forth. Cause it's a, it's a good study Bible and really got to see the depth of my own sin and, and, and Christ sacrifice in my place. And what that really meant that, Hey, Jesus died for your sins. Okay. We hear that so much. It's like a, almost a colloquialism, but, but to, to understand what that meant, the atoning work in my place. And then it, it really, so by the time I got to first Kings and, and saw the, uh, when you get into the life of Solomon, you uh, have the moment where the Lord appears to Solomon and, and Solomon asked him for wisdom. Cause the Lord's like, you can ask me for anything. And Solomon asked him for wisdom and the Lord's like, well, because you didn't ask me for riches or, or, or armies or anything like that, I will give you all of those things, but I will give you more, well, more wisdom than anyone's had ever. And I, and I remember being in one of Saddam Hussein's old missile bunkers. That's where we were. That's where my team was based in wow. Al-Anbar province and, and just praying, sitting there on my rack, like, Lord, if I can have just an inkling of that wisdom so that my life wouldn't be lived in vain and, and I could actually be used for your glory. And it was like scripture came alive to me when I was over there. It wasn't words on a page. It became real people in faces, almost like across the, it's like, it's like I could see their facial expressions and their mannerisms and things like that. And so I thought by the time I was done with that deployment, I was like, man, if I could just show people what I'm seeing when I read this and show people, Hey, that this is real 
history, a real God's plan of redemption that he's had since the beginning of time, right. uh, then, then people would be drawn to the word and, and, and could come to saving faith in the gospel. And, and so I thought, man, you know what? I'm going to have the GI Bill and I don't have to go to real college. I could go to film school. And, and so I got back and I started praying. Yeah, my wife and I started praying about where, where we should go. And the Lord opened up every door to go to the Academy of Art University in San Francisco. And so I went there and from the get go, I started making little biblical short films and, and started teaching myself how to sew my own costumes and do visual effects and, and, uh, and, and making these little rinky dink kind of things with the money from my own pocket. My church got caught on to that, started giving me an avenue to put these little films in the Christmas production every year. And, and after about a decade of doing those little biblical shorts, the opportunity came out to do a feature film. And after trial and error with budget and stuff, eventually that feature film became, became his only son. And, and here we are five and a half years later. So. Wow. Well, first of all, yep. thank you for your service. I don't want anything else that we're going to talk about. The probably the most important thing we're going to talk about is thank you for your service. Oh, from from that. my family and myself, I never, ever, ever want to gloss past the fact that someone was willing to sacrifice their life for my family. You and I have just met today, but at the end of the day, that's what that requires. That that cost is sacrificing for a family you've never met. And so thank you for oh. your service from the bottom of my heart. I have a very special place in my heart for the military and anyone that would be willing to serve our country and potentially not come home for my mm. family. Man, that, that's, that's powerful. So first of all, thank you for your, your sacrifice. And what an amazing story that God then used that situation to bring you to ultimately this film. And we're going to talk about sacrifice, I think, because that's, isn't that really what the bottom line of this film is about? Yeah. Is, yeah. is sacrifice, <laughs> right? Like, did that drive the yeah. decision to make this film? So what, first of all, let's, yeah, for our audience, yeah. what's the film, right? Like, what's the film? Just so everybody knows. His Only Son. What is the film about? His Only Son. So His Only Son, it, it retells the account that we see in Genesis 22, primarily and in Genesis 22, you read, you know, that the Lord tested Abraham by asking him to, to rise his son as a burnt offering on the mountains of Moriah. And the way that it starts off in that chapter, it's like, he, you know, Abraham rose early. He got the two servants, got Isaac, split the wood and, and saddled his donkey. And it says on the third day, he saw the place afar off. And it's like, wait a minute, on the third day. So he had to travel with that, with that realization of what he's going to do and that burden of what he had to do for three days. And I thought, man, that would be interesting to really explore because we, we understand in Hebrews 11, I believe it's verse 17 through 19, that, uh, that, that Abraham knew that by faith, he was willing to lay down his son, knowing that God had the power to raise the dead. Mm -hmm. So that there, there's that, there's that resurrection motif of him laying down his only son as, as, and we understand that he had his other illegitimate son, Ishmael, and then he had other sons later on through his wife, Keturah, who he had after Sarah, his wife died. But, but the Lord calls him, calls Isaac, his only son three times in, in Genesis 22 alone. And so the Lord's setting up that motif of the only son who is to be laid down on Mount Moriah, whose life is to be laid down on Mount Moriah. And, and so just exploring 
what it had to have been like for Abraham to, to, to carry that burden for three days and really to, to in a sense, his, 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 to him, his son was already dead, was dead for three days. Right. And, and then it was, he was given back to him. His life was given back to him on the third day, which, you know, there's all the, 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 uh, to what would come 2000 years later in the life of Christ, but to explore that three day journey and then to, but it's not just, it's not just Abraham and Isaac and the two servants traveling for three days, because obviously there's not a lot of information there that we see in scripture. And I like to try to hold and fill it with as much truth that we find in scripture that I can. So it, the movie is really a dual narrative of sorts. On one hand, the main thrust of the narrative is Abraham and Isaac and the two servants going to Mount Moriah on that three-day journey. And at the same time, through flashback, Abraham is reliving all the promises of God and having to wait on the Lord to give him that son of promise and, and what that had to have been like for Abraham and Sarah's struggle. I mean, Sarah's struggle with infertility and... uh and so, so yeah, so you, you bounce back and forth and, uh, and you're able to explore most of Abraham's life in, in that sense because of that. There is a thin red line that runs through the Old Testament to the New Testament, as you said, of three days, right? Like there's a thin red line and we know what that is as believers. Some, some people may not, but yeah. as, a, as a dad, I can never get my head around, as you said, three days. If I got a letter in the mail. Like, you know, it's a different world, right? If I got a tweet or a DM that said, hey, I need you to take your son and I need you to do this. In those days, it was different. You know, Abraham heard from God and I just can never, I don't know that I can never get my head around um, sacrificing my son. Mm -hmm. Because here's the thing. I'll be the first to say, you know, take me, take me, don't take my son. You know, yeah. he's got his whole life ahead of me. I'm old, right? Like, and Abraham, I, I, how old was Abraham when this happened? Do you know? So, well, when this happened, so the, so Abraham was 100 years old whenever Isaac was was born. So so he's much older at this point in time. And, and scripture doesn't give us, well, it gives us insight as far as what the age of Isaac could have been, but scripture doesn't tell us for sure. We understand, so you, there's like different evidences that you can compile to, uh, to get to a, a certain age. Now, th- the word that the King James uses to describe Isaac is lad. It translates it as lad. But then for the two servants, it's the same Hebrew word, but it translates it as young men. So he was probably a young man. And we know this because he, Abraham relied on Isaac to carry the wood up mm. his back. And it wasn't some like bundle of, it wasn't like a little bundle of sticks because we see at the beginning of the chapter that Abraham, the, the Hebrew word is to split the wood. He split the wood. So those are wood beams that Isaac is carrying on his back up the same hill that, that someone else would carry a wood beam on his back 2,000 years later. So, um, so yeah, so I, I have in, in the script, I have Isaac. I, I, I wrote him to be about 17 years old. And in some, some Jewish, their Jewish tradition sometimes puts him at around in his 30s. He could have been anywhere between, he could have been anywhere between adolescent to 36, 37, because the next moment in scripture we see is, is, is Sarah's death at, at 127 years old, which would have made Isaac 37. So it's somewhere in that time frame. But yeah, 17 is just, is what I landed on for the sake of, of this. So Abraham would have been 117 in the movie. Unbelievable, 
right? Like if I lived 117 years, again, I would say, Lord, take me. Like, give me, like, let me throw myself on this altar. Not my, my not my son. Let him live. So let me yeah. ask you, you, you came home and, and you can correct me. Did you study? And I'm not saying this is a negative. I think this, God laid this film on your heart for a reason where he did, when he did. But so you obviously have a lot of history and theological history. Where did you get that? Did you, did you study this? You, like, and it doesn't mean you have to have a degree. I'm just saying like, what did it take for you to learn all of this history that you just laid out for us? Like, I don't know his age. I never thought about his age. I always just envisioned this little kid, right? So where did you, where did you learn this? Well, you know, you, when you dedicate to wanting to exposit a certain account from scripture, then you want to really dive in and first enter in through prayer and then through study. But, you know, for, from the time that I got in the Marine Corps and my wife and I moved up to the, to the San Francisco Bay area, we settled, we settled in the town of Walnut Creek, which is in the East Bay and found a really good church that, that we were plugged in at for about a decade, the decade that we're in the Bay area. And it was a really good teaching church. It's called North Creek Church in Walnut Creek. And, and just, they are diligent about teaching others to teach others, which, which you see in second Timothy two, two, I believe, and where Paul is telling Timothy, you know, to teach these things that that's been taught to you, to faithful men so that they can teach others. And I'm paraphrasing that, but Second Timothy two two would be the reference there. They, they this the that church there was so diligent. I mean, a lot of master seminary grads that from from master seminary, if you're familiar, down in Los Angeles, and just very diligent about getting the text right and teaching the text right. And so that gave me really a foundation of I already the Lord had already sparked that love for the Word in my heart. And, and then by his grace, he planted us in a, te in a, in a church that was diligent about teaching those things as well. And that was the church that gave me the avenue to continue to make these little biblical short films. And so I had, I had solid people around me to be able to, if I got out of line, be like, oh, what about this? You know? And, and so, uh, so yeah, so I think that's kind of my background. And now, I mean, I, 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 I try to be diligent about study daily and, and, you know, listening to sound sermons whenever, even like at the gym or whatever, you know, that's kind of my gym jams of listening to sermons or, or, you know, or, 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 or solid podcasts just to see what I could do to redeem the time and continue to build. Because if I'm going to be doing this through film, I mean, obviously I'm not, I don't have the role of an overseer in the church as what would be described in, in, in first Timothy or, or Titus, but the, but taking the word and putting it into film and now it's going out in millions and tens of millions, who knows how many millions of people are going to see it around the world, just in theaters. I don't know if it'd be tens of millions in theaters. It'd be cool though. But, but, uh, but to see this, then the, the, you know, I need to be diligent about, about getting it right and seeking the Lord first and not letting my pride or my own imagination get in the way. Yeah. So this is put out by Angel Studios, who also does The Chosen. And one of, I think, one, my wife is a big fan of The Chosen, as am I. But, and I, I, I have to, you know, fall on the sword and say I have not seen all the series and all, every episode. But my mm -hmm. wife has, and my in-laws have, and close friends to me have, and everybody loves The Chosen. And what I have witnessed in The Chosen is the fact that they, 
they bring this scripture, these pages to life, because there's a lot of context that we don't know, right? And I, I think they've given the disciples, each one of them, um, like a a perspective. It, it gives, you know, I mean, instead of just the 12, we don't know anything about, it. we know a little bit about them from scripture. But what, what the chosen has done is kind of pulled out a personality for each one of the the disciples. And, and that, I think it brings it to life. They take some liberties, obviously, because that's what we have to do. We only have what we're giving. Did you do the same with this film? Did you have to pull and take some liberties in a, in a, in a good way to bring his story and their story to life? Did you have to do the same? Well, you know, it, driving from what we see in in scripture i mean yes that's it short answer yes next question no yes the, you, you want to difficult question sorry no it's not well it's not a difficult question it's just but to, to, to just get straight to the point yes but you let you let scripture speak for itself and then you don't do anything like i like to say when we're films the lord has given you a skeleton right that you don't deviate from and we can flesh on the bones with historical context and other biblical truth that the Lord has revealed throughout Scripture, throughout the Bible, and and you plug it into there. But you know, for instance, some of the things that I, that I've done. So Isaac, you can see later on, and and you can understand just from what we see about him in Scripture is that okay, he was he was the only son of an elderly woman who, and then it says after. So Sarah died, Isaac's mother died when he was 37. Rebecca was brought to him, which was Isaac's wife, brought to him when he was 40. And it says then he, you know, he took her into his mother's tent and he was comforted after the death of his mother. And it's like that phrase is really, is really odd. It's like, he's comforted after the death of his mother. His mom died three years ago. He's a 40 year old man. Like, and he's still like bugging out because his mom, now, now not to, I don't want to be callous or anything like that. But you see this, and then later on in his life, he 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 has he has Esau and Jacob, and he says it that that he he loved he loved Esau and Rebecca loved Jacob, and and Esau was the you know he was the strong man and he'd go out and he's working outside and and so it's almost like he loved this guy because perhaps it was some it was a personality that he wanted to have for himself because the, the we see. Isaac essentially, like towards the end of his life, he's he's laying in bed and 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 saying, "Oh, you know, I'm about to die," and he doesn't die for like decades later, and he just wants to eat some good stew and lay back in bed. That's that's essentially the that's 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 the ultimate peak of of Isaac's personality. So you know, maybe he was a bit of a of a mama's boy, right? Whenever he was younger, which I, I mean, you see that sort of you don't really see that too much in in his character and his only son as as a young man, but you see this coddling mother sense that could have led to two decades later of him being, you know, this, this very, you know, this, just this ultimate mama's boy. You can kind of see the roots of that in his mother's love and and relationship towards him. And then for the, for the two servants, you know, we just see in scripture that, that, that Abraham took two servants with him and, 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 so I wanted to see what I could do to flesh biblical and historical context onto these guys. And, and one of the servants you'll see is, is the son of Eliezer, 
who was, Eliezer was Abraham's chief servant that we see in scripture for a fact, Eliezer of Damascus. So it's like, okay, well, you know, if his chief servant were to, to make sure, hey, Abraham's got the right guy to accompany him, then he, he would, maybe he would give his own son. And then one of the other servants, there's also historical context that we see from, from the biblical account of Abraham's life as well. And that'll be revealed in the film. And yeah, there's just all kinds of, there's a lot of historical context, even if you notice, even from the trailer, you know, Sarah has tattoos on her face and, and that's just to be mindful of that. They came out of pagan culture. Abraham's dad, it says in Joshua 24, he was an, he was an idol worshiper. So Abraham and Sarah, these were, they were pulled out of decades of paganism and brought into, into a life where they were following the true Lord God. And, and I thought that would be cool if she had some of the tattoos that we still see in Bedouin culture. And if you research the tattoos on faces, that comes back, that goes back in Bedouin culture, pre-Islam and pre-Christianity. And, and, and they've actually, they, they've actually dug up Egyptian mummies from three, 4,000 years ago that are, have all sorts of tattoos. And we see in, 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 in whenever Moses, so this is like, this is six to 700 years after Abraham, when Moses and the children of Israel are entering back into the promised land, the Lord tells Moses to tell the people not to cut into their skin for, for the ancestor's sake, like as a memorial for their ancestors, which was tattooing, which is what the, the people there were doing. So I thought that would be cool to incorporate that cultural aspect into Sarah to where no matter how far they got away from where they came from, there was always that reminder of what they did come from and what the Lord pulled them out of. And I think that'd be, that was a cool, and not just to say cool, but that was, a, I think, a historically re relevant detail that very well could have happened in, in, in the life of Abraham and Sarah as they're seeking to live a life apart from paganism. All right. So I have two things to say. First of all, thank you for, I, I have more tats than, than I probably should. And, and probably I'm going to get some more. So thanks for justifying tattoos. <laughs> but second, I'm just kidding. But, but thank, you know, what I wanted this audience, and this is why I took you through this. What I want this audience to know is you didn't just see something on a felt board or read something while you were serving our country. You've done your homework. So when people see this film, Clearly, all the things you've just mentioned, you've run through a lot of history that most of us probably honestly don't even know. We just know Abraham took his kid up the hill, saw a ram, didn't have to sacrifice him. Like, you know, the Cliff Notes yeah. version, right? Dude, you had yeah. to do your homework and you've done that. And that's what I really, that's why I took you through this. You've done your homework. So when people see this, they, they'll understand that you've done your homework far beyond what most of us saw on a felt board in Sunday school. I think is my, my point is you have literally studied this. And so let's dig into the specifics where, when, how can people see the film? Well, so where across the United States, it looks like we're going to be getting 1800 screens to start off with. And that's, that's just, just across the United States. But as of last week, they told they, they let me know that we're going to now be in Canada, New Zealand, and Australia as well. I know that they are, that they are, there's other regions that are asking for it right now. And I won't share those because I, there, I think there's still being, there's still talks going on, 
And then there's big language groups that are wanting the dubbing in their language ASAP for theatrical release. And there's some dubbing that has already been completed for big regions internationally. So what the Lord is doing with this, oh, before, but, but yeah, what the Lord is doing with this is just, there, there aren't words. It is demonstrating that this humble little film, well, before I get into that, the, okay, so, so yes, 1800 screens across the United States and in, 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 in the international territories are growing. March 31st, that's the date you need to remember. March 31st, and tickets are, tickets are on sale now, okay? If you go to angel.com slash sun, they'll ha give you a, an option to put in your zip code and see where the, where the theaters are. And if your theater doesn't show up, you can request a theater because right now, we, they're, the aim is 1,800 screens, but they have to, you know, book those theaters and we're still weeks out. So all the theaters, they say all the theaters are, I've been told that all the theaters will be booked by March 17th. And then you'll be able to see every theater that, that it's going to be in opening weekend by March 17th. But you can go and, and for those that can't see their theater now, buy tickets now. And I would encourage people to do, because not just for March 31st. So March 31st is a Friday. But we know that that in most theaters, they have Thursday night previews. They have like seven and nine o'clock showings, you know, on Thursday night. And if we can fill up those Thursday night showings and you really blow the numbers up on a Thursday night, then what happens is on Friday, the trades, you know, like the, the, the you know, I'm not who knows if, you know, Variety or Hollywood Report or anything like that. But, but typically the trade magazines report on big Thursday night previews and they start blasting this through the press and that that gets more eyes on wanting to come see this film for Friday and Saturday and Sunday. And that first weekend does so much for the longevity of the film in, in its theatrical run, because if it does really well, the first weekend, they might add more theaters. And we just saw that with Jesus revolution, this, what it, it like doubled it doubled expectations and in its opening weekend. And so what do they do? They added uh, like a hundred more screens across, across the country. And, uh, and so that's why first weekend is so important and also pre-sales are so important. So if you can buy tickets now and buy tickets for your friends and family now, or your church congregation or your small group or whoever else, get a group together, buy them ASAP, because then that also shows theaters like man, we need to, like, this is pop. We need to get this into a second screen at the theater. And then it opens it up for more people to see it as well. But what I was going to say, going back to the is, is just, you see what the Lord is doing right now with the, with the, the, the footprint that is growing and growing for this humble little yeah. film. It's, it is, it defies logic. And I, I like to say, <laughs> I've been saying it defies logic. And there's a, a, a really good friend of mine, brother of mine, at church. And I was telling him that, no, he's like, no, it doesn't defy logic. It's divine logic. And I was right. like, man, that's good. Because, okay. because this, this little, I mean, I, for the most part saw, I, I, I had to sew most of the costumes that you see in the film myself. Wow. In the film, there's over, there's over 325 visual effects shots that I've been working on since we, sh we shot this film in the summer of 2019. And wow. since then, I've been, I've been, we were actually supposed to shoot in the fall of 2018, by the way. That's when they shot the first season of The Chosen. Actually, Dallas Jenkins and I were in LA the same week in, in, the, in August or September of, of 2018, casting him for the first season of The Chosen and me for his only son. And we know that Chosen just finished season three and here I am. Right. The, the, the film hasn't even been released yet, but, uh, but 
so much of the time that was spent, even whenever everything shut down for COVID, I was able to to work when, when everyone else was, I guess, binging Netflix or whatever. I was able to work on the, <laughs> on uh, y'all Netflix videos, Tiger King. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm never gonna financially cover recover from this, but but the uh, well, let's hope I do. But but uh, anyway, just to steal that, anyway, sorry, we're side tracking the conversation. But welcome to uh, welcome but to yeah, but. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, if you can see, I know you can see those who are listening can't see, but, but, but Aaron, man, you could see like behind me right here, that is Abraham's tent. I don't know if you can see that little, it's the edge of it maybe in my frame. So Abraham's tent and next to that, there's also a well that you see that's also in the film. And so, so there's like, so some of the visual effects, for example, I mean, I had to build 24 model tents and, and, and shoot all this, this green screen extras that then. I worked into the background shooting all the fire elements that are in the film because we were shooting around Malibu and in, in, in Los Angeles for the most part of the film. And, and, and needless to say, they weren't keen on us using real fire while we were shooting. Otherwise, it would have been like astronomical costs for our yeah. permits. So I had to comp in all the fire. But to see the, the humbleness of what this film is and where the Lord is bringing it, it, it doesn't make any human sense. It, it, it's, 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 it's amazing to see. And, and that's my continued prayer is that this film going out will, the, the results of this film will be a sure testimony. And it's undeniable that it's the Lord's hand and the Lord's hand alone that, that is doing it all and that he would get the full glory for it and keep my pride out of it. Cause my pride always likes to try to grow up like vines around it. Right. And then you gotta, yeah. you gotta put the weed killer on that sucker, you know? So what I would say, it's so funny you ended with that because what I will say is I think that God is up to something. Our world is, our world is, and I'm not going to get a political rant or anything like that. Our world is currently in a really set of settledness. I don't know. I'm not very bright as people know that listen to this podcast. So I don't even know if I'm using the right word. I just know that a lot of people are really uncomfortable right now. We've got Mm. tensions. We've got if you watch TikTok, it's full of World War III. But this little show called The Chosen has somehow captured the country's heart. And there's little college in Kentucky, and I don't know if you've been following mm-hmm. it, but this little college in Kentucky has been yes. on some kind of run with a, a revival. And, and then this film hits called Jesus Revolution. And, you know, it's almost like, you know what, God, okay, I see you now. I see you. I see what you're doing. Right. And, and so I will say, yes, this has been a marathon for, to get this film out from when you originally started and all the things you just said, sewing, you know, you know, all of it, but for such a time as this, that's what I look at as I say, you know what, for Amen. such a time as this, dude, your film is hitting right when God is, is just showing off right now. <laughs> like yeah. Asbury yeah. College has, has now extended to multiple other colleges. There is a revolution happening. And oh, by the way, there's a movie called Jesus Revolution that just crushed the <laughs> box office. And oh, by the yeah. way, here's another film called, you know, like, I just yeah. feel like God is just showing off right now. And if we just get out of our way. And so, man, thank you for being faithful, because I think, again, it wasn't faithful for the time that maybe you wanted. Like you said, yeah. you know, you, you've got costs and you've got time and you've got, I'm sure, frustration and times when you said, you know, what, I'm done. I, I, I this isn't ever going to happen. But here we are. And God is just showing off and he's going he's bringing this film 
at a moment when all of this other stuff is happening. And that is not, that is, if you can't see that, I can't help you. <laughs> like yeah, if you can't I see that God, God is seriously at work and he's just telling people I'm still at work. And so, man, I want nothing more than for your film to just get right in that wave of what God is doing in this country and, and anywhere else that people would hear it. I, I want nothing more. And I don't think it's an accident that it's happening right at this time. Yeah, I, I can see that. And it makes me antsy just to see what the Lord's going to do. Because, man, for a long time, like I said, Dallas and I did start our respective projects at the same time. And I love Dallas. And I know Dallas. And, and, I, and, and I continue to pray for him and a man, his wife, and, 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 and their ministry together in this. Because the Lord is doing so much through, through uh, what the chosen is in introducing people to, to Christ and, and causing people to turn to the word. But man, for a long time, because the chosen blew up from the get-go. Because not only did we start the, the the our respective projects together, but we also released a nativity short film at the same time online. Right. And so it was like literally like like it was going hand in hand. And and here the chosen was blowing up. And and I I I, I pinged Dallas years ago. I was like, brother, I was like, I got to tell you, I've had to check my pride. And mm -hmm. if and, and because it just was like, man, the, the Lord's just blessing this thing. And it's like, maybe, maybe, you know, I just, it, it, this, is this not what the Lord wants me to do? Is this, you know, did I sin one too many times? And now he's taking his only son away or taking biblical films away. Or maybe what the part that he had me play in his scarlet thread of redemption that he runs throughout history is someone read the script and they're going to come to Christ and that's it. And it'll never be a movie or, or, you know, with somebody on set that, that heard the gospel and then, then the movie's never going to get finished and he's going to bless the chosen and blow it up. And I had to come to the place like, Lord, if this is what you want to do, then praise your holy name. And I'm going to pray for, for Dallas and for the chosen. And, and never did I know that the chosen will become this global phenomenon and then the same distributor that's been distributing the chosen would on just totally by like just all defined orchestration of, of a friend of mine or a couple of friends of mine who actually ended up being co-executive producers on the film were at the Cannes Film Festival this past year and met up with one of their friends who works at Angel, who's the, the, the lead, I think the head of international distribution at Angel. And it was just talking about his only son. And they were like, oh, you know, we don't pick up any finished, you know, we don't pick up any, we like to get behind projects that are just, you know, in the, you know, in the grassroots level. But, but then when they showed him the trailer, he's like, oh, wait a minute, I might be, <laughs> I might be interested in this. And then, and then they, uh, all things came together and, and, and yet, and here we are with the film being distributed on the same platform that brought you the chosen. So it's really like. The Lord laid the tracks and, 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 you know, paved the way with Dallas and the chosen. And I'm just blessed to be able to venture down that same avenue and, you know, um, and maybe, you know, hopefully it even touches different people that don't even know who the, you know, what the chosen is, but, uh, but yeah. So anyway, long winded, but there you go. Some more information. No, I mean, welcome to unscripted. That's why we do what we do the yeah. way we do it. Because here's what I would say is. It's so much like God to go out and make this huge impact up front and, and get 
people's attention. So again, your patience and your being willing to say, you know what, God, it's not about me. Let's, let's go ahead and let the chosen be fame. I'm, I'm going to just keep doing what I feel like you've called me to do. Like, this is a story beyond the film. This is a story about us, us, each, each and every one of us every day. Sometimes somebody gets a bigger promotion and we have to be able to, when we believe we should have been the one that got the promotion, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on my own yeah. rant now, but you, you know what I'm saying? Like you took a backseat, but here's, here's what, here's the beauty of, of, of our faith and, and God, again, just showing off because I believe in my heart that, that the chosen had to kind of pierce attention that, that, that is in this country right now. It did that. And now there's a hunger for, for more. What, what, like, okay, so I, I've, I'm watching The Chosen. What happened next? What happened next? There's a lot of people that don't know Abraham's story. And so mm. the timing, and that's what I would say to you is he, he, he said not today, but, but eventually. And now I, I really feel like he's bringing this film in right at the perfect time. And that's our God is that his, yeah. per, his timing, his plan is so much bigger. And sometimes we have to, as you said, we have to put our side, our pride and all the, we have to put our dream aside a little bit when we are really going with his. And so anyway, I don't know if that makes sense, but to no, me, I absolutely. see it that chosen is actually a partner. Yeah. You guys start at the same time, but they had to do their thing. They had to pave the runway so that your film could come in here right at the right time. And I, I believe that because, you know, I mean, I the Noah film. No disrespect, but the Noah film with Russell yeah. Crowe, I don't, I don't even know where that was. There, there's been a lot of films made and there's been a lot of, a yeah. lot of liberties. Well, I know, taken. I know what happened with that, that thing. Yeah. They were anyway. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I was like, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, yeah, well, what happened there? I mean, you know, Darren Aronofsky is, is, is professed, you know, atheist and, and he was telling it from a mythological Gilgameshian sort of perspective. And then what happened was with Mark Burnett and Roma Downey, they had the Bible series blow up whenever, I think whenever Noah was in post. And so, whereas Darren Aronofsky was going to take it to be like, Hey, this is this mythological movie. They then had to shift message and say, Oh, you know, we really wanted to make this strong to the Bible and really to, to get that that same audience that had blown up about the Bible series. And then when it came out, it's like rock monsters. What are you talking what, about? Is come it? on, man. Like, seriously, like, what are we looking at? And, and that was, it, and I'm glad the movie, I'm sorry. I don't mean this terribly. I, the, the movie tanked. And I think it was the minute the rock monsters came out. Like anyway. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's not to trash Noah, but the point is God, God had another plan. And the plan I think is unfolding right at a moment when our world needs to see that plan the mm -hmm. most. And so thank you for being faithful and diligent and trustworthy and patient in his plan, because I do believe your film is going to hit at the exact moment that it was meant to hit. And a lot of us get out ahead of ourselves. We get over our skis a little bit in life. You know what I mean? I, it's like, oh, I trust you, God. And then we get way out over our skis and we don't allow and aren't patient. And so thank you for being faithful, I think is the thing. So, well, okay. Thank we, the we, Lord. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, let's just see how it goes. I, I, I believe it's going to just do fantastic. And I hope we can do everything we can on our side. And anybody listening to this, that here's my voice, please do the same. Help out this film. Again, how do we, so what are all the links? Where do we find it? How do people get signed up? How do they do it? 
So angel.com slash sun will take you to where you can find tickets through your zip code or request a theater if you don't currently see it in your area. And I would encourage people to get tickets for themselves, their friends, their groups ASAP right now, today, when you're listening to this. As soon as this podcast is over, go ahead and, and type it in your browser and get you some tickets as soon as you can. That Thursday night, which would be March 30th or the 31st, or the first, that whole first weekend, let's, let's fill it up. And, and, but most importantly, at the end of it all, more important than even if you go and see it in theaters or not, I would ask people to pray for the impact of this film, that they would pray that, that the Lord would open blind eyes and, and change hearts around the world and, and do eternal work. Uh, Cause that's, that's the purpose of this. That's the purpose of, of any film the Lord allows me to do. Uh, it's to draw people to the word and, and that they would ultimately come to saving faith in his gospel that, that he set a holy standard. We couldn't keep it. So the Lord himself came down to keep it for us and he was killed like we deserve, but he showed that death was conquered by his resurrection and by putting our faith in him and, and, and we can, we can have eternity with our Lord forever by his grace alone. So anyway, that's the most important thing. And the second most important thing is each one of us have a circle of influence. Our social medias, our email yes. chains, our text strings, whatever it might be. We all have a circle of influence. And so I need everyone listening to this, uh, hearing this, watching this, where, wherever this lands, I need you to, to do that for me. The link one more time. Angel.com slash sun. Go get your tickets there. And uh, the movie is called His Only Son. Right. And just in time for Easter, we can all reflect on his only son. Yeah. So go do that. Take your circle of influence, go to that link, share the trailers. There's trailers on probably YouTube and other places. I think even angel.com slash son, you'll also be able to see a trailer there. Okay. But yeah. I need everyone to go do that for my guy, David's faithfulness and his service not only to our country, first of all, thank you again for your service to our country, but thank you for your service to the Lord, being faithful and diligent in making this film and being passionate enough to see it through to the end, despite a lot of headwinds I think you probably faced throughout it. Uh, man, thank you so much. And thank you for coming on. This is, this has been awesome. Oh, thank you I for having me here and I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Well, I can't wait. I can't wait for you to see it as well, brother. That's and and I hope that it's a blessing to you, and it and it bolsters your faith, and and you want to go out and 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 shout from the rooftops of what the Lord's been having in the works since the beginning of time. Will do, and I'm going to turn this as, as fast as I can. I'm going to get this posted right away because I think we, the more time we have before that release date, the better. And so I'll have this yeah. in constant circulation. So thank you, thank you so much for your faithfulness. And again, thank you for serving our country and for my family. Thank you for serving us oh, when you didn't even know us. I appreciate that. I appreciate, appreciate that, Mr. Aaron. Yes. Uh, thank you for what you're doing and getting getting the word out. We'll do. Absolutely. God bless. We'll talk soon. God bless you too. All right. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Unscripted Podcast with your host, Aaron Conrad. Make sure to like, share, follow, and review on your favorite podcast platforms. Also, make sure to check out my song, Great and Mighty One, on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you find your music. We'll see you next time on Unscripted with Aaron Conrad. Unscripted.